0: happening anymore Mm -hmm. you know So i "I guess i gotta no i'm like i guess i gotta do something uh i I guess i gotta do something else that's when we that must have been july
1: when we opened up and started going to the boy uh well it switched to the reserve club but we, we were out there live again Now, I think you're very, very animated on stage. You have, you know, you throw the mic and that's what I'm talking about. You have enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. Where does it come from? Because you've got, I go up there sometimes and I'm not feeling it. And I do a kind of quiet set. You don't Mm -hmm. have that option. That's not your persona.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just really enjoyed. like, even if I have a shitty, awful, awful day where Mm -hmm. I just don't want to do anything, I still want to do stand-up comedy. Like yeah. nothing's gonna make me not want to do, even if it's a bad crowd. Like I don't, for, for whatever reason, the anticipation of bombing. <laughs> it's like that's just wild. It's wild that somebody would like pay for a ticket to go see a comedy show and then like not even like attempt to frame laughter when the person is like, you know, trying to make them laugh. And that that yeah. I don't know, it cracks me up. Where it's like, hey, all right, maybe. well, I'm still, you know, I'm still gonna get paid, so whatever, you know. Yeah.
1: The audience member is paying money to not enjoy themselves. Crazy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> their loss.
1: Where can people find you out there? Social media, website, YouTube channel. All, what you got going? Yeah, on? Yeah,
0: man. I'm um, all over. I'm on. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Joe W Gorman. Um, I have a. I have a, a podcast with uh, two other New York comedians, Robbie Goodwin and Dalton Pruitt. We're uh-huh. called Loud Boys. Um, we, we got a bunch of episodes. We got a Patreon going. It's been it's been so much fun. That was one of the best things to come out of uh, lockdown was I started yeah. doing um, this podcast with a couple of my friends out here. And uh, it's, it's been going really well. We've been getting a lot of opportunities through it. So That's grateful terrific. for
1: that. Yeah. And what about a website? Are, do you
0: have one? I have one. I haven't updated it in forever. If there's any web designers that are listening to this uh. and would like to help me uh please please help me uh my my website i i pay for the domain every year um and and i just never use it but i'd rather not i'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it Uh, but you can go to joegormancomedy.com uh take a look at my abysmal website and say i need to help this person
1: (laughs) perfect inspire them to contact you yes okay So, here we are in the studios of Mutiny Radio, wink, wink, and everyone at home is going to enjoy this film at the same time as us. We're all going to press play uh, when you say go, so let's have the the Celebrity Comedian Countdown.
0: All righty, get ready. Three, two, one, go.
1: Wow. Wow that is it's low
2: quality VHS. Yeah, but it. Do oh, uh, you think he used the Rhino version or that he actually recorded this?
1: I guess it's no. Rhino. No. Look, Rhino. Look, there's FBI, FBI warning. warning.
2: uh Aha. Uh-huh. There's the Rhino logo. It was such a big deal, and I went to Borders and I paid no Barnes and Noble, Borders, and I paid like twenty bucks for it.
1: It makes total sense, and I'm sure at the day it was
2: worth it. Whoa! Oh, wow, we got the trailer up. front. Yeah.
3: yeah. What is, it?
2: <clears throat> so, what is Ed? There was a famous uh, trailer to this movie that didn't help. It was a young man with a shaved head. Yes. And he had, like, doughy, like, innocent eyes and hippie eyes. Mm-hmm. And he was just staring to the camera, and it would say, head. And there yeah, was no and, mention of no the monkeys, no mention right. of
1: the monkeys. No pictures of them? Yeah. I like think... We're watching, we're watching uh, a clip. <clears throat> well, I'm, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead say, we're watching a clip. It's the trailer after that. It wasn't the TV promotion, right?
2: Yeah, they must have done two trailers. I mean, the scene we're watching now is a part of the movie where they show images of the film throughout.
1: So, they, they didn't the monkeys in the ads for fears that critics and fans wouldn't come. Now, what are they talking about? It's your movie.
2: Well, let's say you, uh, I'm trying to think of a modern-day equivalent. You know, there was something that's on TV, you see for free, it kind of rides a, a sensation, and then you're sick of it.
1: Uh, I guess, but why release a movie... And are you trying to scam the audience? Like, let's go see this movie. Who knows what it is? Oh, it's The monkeys. It doesn't make any sense. That's the nuttiest part. Rated G. Yeah, it is rated G. And this was one of the first movies ever to put the rating up front. You know, that's very common today. Of course, it's every movie. You got to do that. This was the first movie to really do that.
2: Now, one thing I should mention, because we're going to be talking over the audio. Um, The audio is exceptional. Right? Uh I mean... This is a very cartoon world. If you're familiar with the TV show from the 60s, it has very like cartoon language, you know, the way they walk, the way they talk, and it yeah. has this kind of colorful 60s look, but the sound itself is extremely cartoonish. You know, mm-hmm. listen to the honking, like it must've been a guy who was in the uh, sound department just having a field day. It was
1: Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson did it.
2: Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Jack Nicholson co-wrote this movie, and he shows up in a kind of miserable scene, but
1: uh, he did not do the sound. Wait, uh, okay, uh, this is according to the internet. I don't know if it's true. Jack Nicholson compiled the soundtrack album, which approximates the flow of the movie and includes oh, yeah. large portions of the dialogue. He saw Michael Nesmith at work in the studio, asked if he could help, and Nesmith just let him take over because I wanted to go home.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a good thing. No, but I'm talking about like the honking and the beeping listen to the he walks by these soldiers and one's gonna go bleep, blurp. Jerry, do <laughs> you wanna bring the sound up?
1: Oh sure, sure, sure. Well I guess
2: they didn't bleep blurp it, but uh you hear like the, the sound, the rhythmic uh, clicking and the beeping and the Yeah. So I mean it's 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 wonderful. It's probably my favorite part of the movie. It's just this universe they create. There's the static of the microphone, and also what a way to start Be this back. movie, right? They got tested. They got the, the echo going.
1: Right, and it, it's, it's a little funny because it works for the cop and not for the mayor. Right. Yeah. So uh, this okay, is we, Long Beach, California. This is uh the okay. Gerald Desmond Bridge, apparently. Oh, wow. No shit. hmm
2: So, again, like, this, we've seen this movie a couple of times, and we hope you have, too. This movie begins at the ending. Yeah. Which, uh, I, I guess, time travel movies have done that before, but maybe maybe triangle, but...
1: No, but uh, this begins at the end. Look, there's no beginning credits. Another extremely rare, unheard of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean... Now it's more common. Boom!
1: Here comes Mickey. Now
2: this is pretty much the uh, the whole point of the Monkees television show, is that they do something and in the second half they just get chased.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was the sound effects, the bleeping, the blurping. I really loved the show, how silly it was. I didn't appreciate the uh, trying to be the Beatles, but I understand exactly what they were doing. That's, they wouldn't exist if not for that. Now, look, this is like a little suicidal, but he doesn't die, so I guess it's not. Well, I think that
2: was the point. I mean, if we're going to say that the beginning is the end. They want to kill themselves. And at the end, they try to kill themselves. And the big joke is that the entertainment show never ends. Right. There's no way that they can die. It just restarts again.
1: The Internet claims there are so many continuity issues with this fall. I don't really care. I've-
2: Absolutely. I mean, Davey went in with his ankle, but if you take a close look, it's his shirt that's
1: wet first. (laughs) It's that sort. Okay, so now you saw he was in Long Beach, California. Now in the real world, he's in the Bahamas. Oh, wow. This is a great song, by the way. It's so trippy. You know, it's so 60. It's a Burt Bacharach song, isn't it? Dolphin song? I don't know, but I do know it's a monkey's dolphin song release, and it's really good. Bert Bacharach, that's a possibility. He's He was an author for uh, them and so many others.
2: Oh, the ocean. He said, hey, buddy, uh, what you got for me, palo? Well, Frank, I got you a song about a dolphin. No way. Give <laughs> to the monkeys. This is very psychedelic as we do the... the uh, right. This is the head part, I guess. And it's
1: not chroma key. This is not video. This was colorized.
2: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, so this is, mermaid. Now, this is. Now, this Carol Doda, who's a famous stripper from San Francisco during the 60s. Uh-huh. She had a strip club on North Beach where uh, uh, the sign showed up for Bodacious Tatas. They had. Uh, in fact, you could see the sign in the movie Another 48 Hours.
1: That's where that expression she, came from?
2: Yeah, Bodacious Tatas. It was Carol Tatas. Wow. And, um, no, I, I don't know. Oh.
1: <laughs> it's a '60s movie. I, I'm using '60s slang. That's groovy, man. I can dig it. Dig it. Dig out. So one time, I got lucky with this mermaid, you know, and she brought me to her like underwater cave, and we were gonna do it, but I couldn't find it, Mike. It was just like <laughs> a fishy. There was a there was a tail. I I, I don't know. I couldn't. There was no. Uh, there's nothing to spread. I I, I I I didn't get lucky that night, even though I got lucky that night.
2: Tell me more about your attempt your to have sex
1: with a mermaid. <laughs> you know that rumor like it smells fishy down there? It's true, Mike. It's all it's not me. a stereotype.
2: I guess this uh it's true uh fish rots at the head <laughs> at the movie. You know, uh, I, I'm not a fan of mermaids. you know who I really hate is Aquaman. What a prick.
3: Yeah,
2: he showed up because he thought I was yelling, "Kelp, help me!"
1: me." (laughs) He wasn't gonna help me. He thought I was handing out. I was selling. He thought I was a vendor on the street. Kelp, kelp. Oh, I'm. I'll have a little kelp. Oh, yeah. Please tell me you wrote that joke so I can use it at the open mic. Oh,
2: that is. Not only did I write that joke. Not only did I tweet that joke years ago. Every time I use it on stage, I have to say, okay, imagine, uh, here's the premise, but first, uh, understand that Aquaman exists, and I was in peril, and I need to call Aquaman, and leave the premise and go. So this is a really gross scene, but it's in
1: the movie. No, this is a very good scene, because one girl kisses four separate boys, and that's great, we want to promote that, and it's Jack Nicholson's current girlfriend. Really, I thought that was Carl Doda. Uh, I'll get the name for you, but it is his. Uh... Here we go. Really, there's
2: Davy. No, not Davey. He... So he, Peter Tork passed away recently. Uh, Davey yeah, Jones
1: passed away. Uh, David, uh, passed. we know he went. Yup.
2: Uh, I don't really want to mention this, but uh, I, I follow a gossip site called Crazy Nights of Days, and they had a blind item saying that Michael Nesbitt's uh, caretakers is just exploiting him. And,
1: oh. Uh,
2: isolating him from his family and stuff like that.
1: I I had an incident, uh, and that's the wrong word. I, I one time saw Mickey Dolenz in person. D- did you ever meet any of them or anything? No, not at all. So I was in Los Angeles for work, not for anything cool, because I'm nobody. And um, I got on an airplane, and there was old, old man Mickey Dolenz. And he had the, the, the hippie 60s hat on, and he had the vest. He was dressed up like 60s. I just left him alone, but other people were like, oh, it's, you know, it's you. And uh, he was meeting a lot of people, and he seemed very nice. He
2: seems very nice yeah you know he's been an a child actor i mean it, this movie kind of plays up the fact that he's been in show business for so long but he come well, across his
1: father uh, his father was an actor in one of these scenes there will be a um a guy named um uh rca victor and he will be wearing the same exact outfit he wore with mickey Dolenz's father when they made a movie together
2: Interesting. And the guy's name is R.K. Victor. Interesting. Right. I should mention this scene. Though. This is the scene we saw on the trailer. It's showing clips from the movie as it worked as a TV set. So all these, like, dancing, there's Tony Basel. Uh, we're going to see this. There's Vicky getting attacked by bees. But, you know, because this is pop culture during the war, it ends with that infamous scene of the guy getting shot in Vietnam. Yeah. Know.
4: Yeah.
1: This is so, really of the times.
2: Yeah. And this song is saying the money's in, we're made of tin you know hey hey we are the monkeys so they're they're pissing on themselves up the front yeah
1: and they do in this whole movie in this movie they step away from their bubblegum image and try to be hippies not try to be they they genuinely are i don't mean they're dishonest but i'm saying they want to change their image and that's what this right. film is about
2: well i think all the everyone involved are, are really good and the product they came out with was great but they're trying yeah. to yeah, give me, what does it spell, war? Right. I this. I guess they're saying that their groupies are the equivalent to Vietnam.
1: Well, no, now, I don't know why, but now they will be in a war. I don't know that it's Vietnam. Um, right. Okay, here it is, I found it. M- M- Muriel Machu is the girl who kisses all four of the monkeys near the start of the film, Jack Nicholson's oh. girlfriend at the time. I was suddenly wrong. No, that's okay. I also found his name is Victor Mature. Mature? Victor Mature. He's a famous actor, dude. And it was George Dolans who was Mickey's father. He was in a film called Timbuktu in 1958. And when there's this cop in a bathroom, we'll see him in the mirror. He's sure, wearing the same costume. Uh, or Davy. See,
2: this Davey's so shorty. Well, because you, you get to see, like, Pete like, P- he, peter is like i don't care here take my helmet right <laughs> i don't care about this and Mickey's always pissed off in this movie. he's, he's great you see how he
1: bumped his own head just then yeah look at that fro man he must have had protection right now he's yeah. like why wear a helmet for what you know right like
2: Mickey seemed like cool. such a classic professional like that of course in the in the older Mickey era he's gonna dress like he's 60s. He still he still looks like Mickey Dolan. You know what I mean?
1: Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was clearly him when he was. I mean, his face was very aged, but so what? That's Mickey. It was so clear. And yeah. let me tell you, Mickey. He was so fine. He was so fine. He blew my mind. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. She's in this.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She dances with Davy. They do. Uh... They do costume changes and they do... Like Maybe this
1: is time. why you knew so much about her, Tony Basil, when we did uh, the um Robert Downey Sr. film.
2: Yeah, that's right. Have... Uh, well, she sort of had a little renaissance. Um, Clint Tarantino used her to do the choreography of the dances. Mm-hmm. And she teaches 60s dancing uh, online, like a $10 class.
1: You see the football?
2: Yeah. So I guess you're saying like American football and war is the same. This kind of reminds me of Super Mario World where they have a football player, too.
1: (laughs) That helmet. It's a new helmet.
2: See, that's America.
1: Now that's that's maybe some famous old retiree, and I didn't catch it in research. Oh,
2: yeah. I thought he was representing the male psyche.
1: Look how cool he looked, man.
2: <laughs> Here's a yeah. helmet for you. Oh, thanks. You know what his name was supposed to be in the series? Wool no. out What? They were gonna call him Wool Hat or Wool Cap because he wore that hat.
1: He did. So and that man. went away though. Um let me see, where is it? Okay, at no time during the film, does Michael Nesmith wear his trademark wool cap? He was never seen without it during the early part of The Monkees in 66, but it disappeared about halfway through the second season and was henceforth only seen in segments when it had been filmed ahead of time. So it was a neat little, like, um, uh, what's the word? catchphrase for him, but I guess he quit on it.
2: Right. So now they got in war, and now here comes the post-traumatic stress disorder screaming teenagers.
1: This is actually not in California, one of the few places. It's uh, Salt Lake City. It's a place called Valley Music Hall. Now, when huh. Nicholson was writing the film, he he, tou- he didn't tour with... He went on tour with them and hung out, and... Oh, you want to hear this, Don?
2: No, I just... uh. <laughs> I forgot the song, like, it's really good. I think it's a Michael Nezler song. Yeah, here we go again. Right, and there's shots of uh, pop music and then war.
1: Yeah. This is a good record, and it didn't do well. It was on the billboards. Uh, let's see here. I have it somewhere close by. It really did poorly. This, okay, here it is. Um... The head soundtrack peaked at number 45 in the U.S. charts, the first time a monkey's album had not risen to the top five, and Porpoise Song, which was really good. Yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the Dolphin Song. Also was the first single not to make the top 40. So it didn't even get on to...
2: Which is crazy, because two years ago, they were cranking out number
1: one album. Yeah. They didn't do it on Porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, look, there's analysis and, uh, about why this thing bombed um uh, well i could think of several reasons why go ahead uh, yeah go ahead yeah. okay so it's 1968
2: and the monkeys are over one two they are killing their 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 brand right we've seen the death of a pop culture brand i uh-huh. don't really want to see that you know it's not really the direction they want to see did you see days? the
1: footage you just saw the footage
2: this is like eight times they showed that guy getting shot in the
1: head. Yeah, because it's the f- most famous, famous of the current day. Just, I mean, it was just so brutal. No one had ever seen anything like that on TV that was real. Imagine, was, high, imagine high
2: School the Musical, like, does a piss off you guys movie where they show that. Mm, right? Yeah. and like dancing, and then they show the guy getting shot in the head.
1: It's nuts. Well, yeah. Why else did this tank, this movie and record effort? Well, like we were saying, they didn't, they didn't really have an audience.
2: You know, they uh, it should have gone to teeny boppers who like the monkey, you know, right. and should have been for the adults who like to watch pop culture, tumble, you know, collapsing new buildings. We like collapsing new buildings. We're the Axford and I them. We like to think things include. Uh, but they never really marketed it as that.
1: No, they didn't. Now, that's another reason why it didn't do well. Talk about the marketing.
2: Well, again, it was, like, some young hippie's shaved head and him blinking. And I think they had, like, like, do you guys want head? Or, like, they had some kind of, you know, pun
1: off the name. Yeah, of. there was double entendres for that. If there was going to be a sequel, it was going to be called From the Guys Who Gave You Head. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> uh, and see so, you know,
2: so this is, like, again, this is a great pop culture movie because it's saying that these are just images on TV that you just click through and they're all equal. War and Reagan and monkeys are all on the same ground. It's, yeah. It's true today say, you know, our pop culture,
1: we, uh, equate, well, right you know, now we're seeing like, uh, Gilda 1946, Golden Boy 39, Jam Session 44, ben- Boy
2: Down a Hill. Oh, yeah. And then these interviews are great. These fucking hippies. Isn't she going to dance or something in this clip? Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. She says, you guys in Hollywood are always looking for talent, and she starts showing off. Is
2: that a, a damn
1: okay. statement in Hollywood? As to why this film bombed, you nailed it, Mike. Um, misleading ad campaign. Poorly timed release date because it was November of 68 and two months after the monkeys were canceled in 66. When this was being filmed, it, they weren't canceled. Um... <laughs>
2: I have to say, like television in 1966 was bizarre. Like Batman was so popular that ABC was airing it three times a week. And during the wow. season they made a theatrically released movie uh, Batman from sixty-seven. If you ever see it, they had a break and they just made a theater movie, and then they continued cranking it out until people mm-hmm. got sick of it and they stopped. It's like millionaire. Uh-huh. Remember that was on like three times a week. Until so people. They got gave
1: you too much.
2: Yeah. And the monkeys was the same way. It, it shocks me it's only in two seasons because there's a lot of episodes, a lot yeah. of different things
1: happening. You know, okay, uh, he's freaking out on the Coca Cola thing. Yeah, yeah. Coca Cola did not like that, and really? they failed. But they tried to get an injunction against the film. They're making fun of their current jingle, which was on TV commercials. Okay, check this out. When the movie reappeared on cable and home video in '86, Columbia Pictures was off. Was owned by Coca Cola and apparently the issue was forgotten.
2: That's right, they own Columbia Pictures. Every character in every movie would be drinking Coca Cola a minute.
1: It's just too much power. It's just, it's dumb that a soda company owns a movie. You know, it's just money. It's not right. even your crap. That's what the scene is about.
2: You know, he has one opportunity to get a beverage and it's a fucking Coca Cola machine, but then he gives him
1: money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Providing for human need. Okay, here's great. more that shows that you were 100% right. It was not a commercial success. This was in part because Head becoming the antithesis, the opposite of the monkey sitcom. Comprehensively demolished the group's carefully groomed public image, while the older hippie counterculture audience they had been reaching for rejected the monkeys out of hand. So they alienated their teenage fan base. They failed to attract these adults, and that, I don't know, that's the nail in this coffin. And it really, it ruined the monkeys. It ruined the relationship with their producer. And I have a story about that. I'll tell you another time. But it also, I mean, this was it until they had their comeback. We're watching the monkeys' death in this film.
2: Which is a real shame because, you know, obviously they're trying to kill their image in this film, but it's such a great premise to to, to debate something you build up. And uh, there is an audience for it. I I mean, obviously, I I
1: watched it. Well, I mean, if uh, they had uh, done it right, if they had done it right, first of all, keep the monkeys on even in reruns as you release the film, something like that. Make the thing all about, um, you know, the commercial campaign, all about, you know, come see the last chance, you know their final film, or whatever, however they want to, but make it a big deal about the monkeys, followed with a tour or something like that. They could have done this. Know. Did the monkeys smoke pot? Like we're,
2: they, they were, like, all over the place to the point of oversaturation in just two years, like Batman in 66 as well.
1: Oh, and, so maybe uh, they couldn't have done it.
2: Yeah, by two years later, just constant bombasts of, like, a, a Earthsatz Beatles, they were kind of finished, you know? Like, it was just, they yeah. got their money, they, they, they they took the marketplace on television and
1: uh Oh, I have to interrupt before the scene goes away because I think I wanted to ask you a question. This is Vito Scotty. Didn't we see him in one of our other films? Like what? <laughs> I don't remember I've been trying to rack my brain. Um, this is a homage to a classic film. It's called Vitellini, 1953, where they surrender uh, their their tank crew surrender. I never saw it. But yeah. I just know that Vito Scotty was in some film we did. Huh. All right. Well, we've, we've done about 300 movies. So. Yeah, so it's hard to remember. We certainly remember when we did Head. That's true. Yeah, I'm glad we're doing it again. Now, if you were yeah, a yeah. guy who was, you know, in his teens in the 1960s, you would be seeing this scene, or maybe 30s, and you would remember this movie. It would be very funny. They were doing this That's true.
2: Like, even the movie he did with his dad, if it was 58, it was... Yeah. This... One thing I have to... I love about this movie is that... Look at the production value. Like, it's not just the sound. They... You full-on use movie studios to the point where they walk through the studios. So, it has that, like, gorgeous, like... uh, Yeah. Pop culture sensibility. Like, you know...
1: This is done by Bob Ralph... Ralphson. Yeah. Raphaelton. Uh, right. He's a music
2: right. producer, apparently. He makes these very boring summer movies like King of the Mar- Marvin Gardens and uh, Five Easy Pieces.
1: And he didn't I saw that. King of Marvin Gardens on your recommendation. I really enjoyed it. Um, Five I Easy Pieces. Did you recommend movie? Yes, you did. You recomm- well, no, maybe it was at the time in which you were like, you mentioned a movie and I go, should I see it? And you went, yeah! Yeah, Remember? yeah. go see Go see I it. I had to complain to you, Michael. You're taking two my life, two hours at a time. <laughs> Don't recommend shit to me.
2: Oh, wouldn't I? Oh, <laughs> wouldn't I? Write the song.
1: Yes. Uh, okay, let me just put it up. All right. Now they're trying to be the Beatles. George Harrison here.
2: I don't know. So one thing about the soundtrack is that the for background the band wrote those
1: songs. I think this is a Mickey song. Yeah. It, it's it's very of the times. You hear that Indian influence, yeah, right. but then you hear Simon and Garfunkel kind of chorus. See, here's here's George Harrison. Ooh, it's missing!
2: basically fantasizing.
1: Now here's Simon and Garfunkel. Here's the mamas and the papas.
2: Can you dig it? It's so sick. Would you like to let it show? You know, yep.
1: if I could choose to be born and live in any day and age, I oh, would choose to it. be in my twenties in the sixties. Yes, I would. Such a Gen X regret. <laughs> just, just to go. I was born yeah. like fifteen years too late.
2: You'd be uh, civil rights was a fucking mess. It was worse than it was. You don't want to live into that shit. We live into this shit now. It's a piece of shit. (laughs) There was a fucking going on. You've been drafted in your twenties. You don't want to fuck. Sick of the eighties. You grew up in the (laughs)
1: eighties. There was no fucking. I have to tell tell you about this Bob Raffleson, Right. Right. This whole movie was born out of him wanting to make Easy Rider. Yes. He met Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, and he wanted to produce their film. And he went to Columbia Pictures, and he pitched Easy Rider, and they said, "Well, maybe." Maybe because you do this monkeys movie. Really? Yes.
2: So, wait a minute. Peter Fonda directed uh, Easy Rider, right? So, Bob Rothson didn't get
1: enticed to that. Well, it was a he was a producer. Uh, he wanted to produce their film, I might have said director, he was directing this film I, I'm, I'm not sure, but he was the producer and so I don't know Raffleson agreed, how do you see his name? Well, yeah, I mean uh, easy.
2: it's funny because Jack Nicholson at the time, he was a, like a contract actor he was on television, he, he was in a bunch of like uh, the wild ones, like you know uh, and we saw The Trip, the Roger Corbin movie. Yeah, uh, we sure did. And uh, he, no, it, was, it wasn't Roger Corman. It was a fucking Dick Clark production ripoff of a ripoff
1: of uh, Corbin. <laughs> Here's Terry Gar, by the way. Yeah. Here's our oh, Star okay. Trek connection. Boom! Now, this is a great scene, and Mickey's such a prick in it. Yeah.
2: So they have the, the Western set. Right. And she's like, you know pouring her heart out to him, and he just doesn't care. Mickey really yeah. doesn't care.
1: It's pretty terrible.
2: He's like, this is all bullshit. That arrow? It's fake. <laughs> but God, even their acting is cartoonish. The way he grimaces yep, he's, out.
1: Right, you'd crazy. expect to hear a popping sound.
2: Oh yeah, hey, where's Mickey and uh, Peter? They're at the Harlem set. But he gets really nasty at Terry. He's like, yeah, whatever, lady, shut up.
1: Yeah, whatever, lady. Shut up. Yeah, like, here we go. Now, he looks like Agorn on F Troop. He really does. I'm sure they used
2: the set of the the, the, Indian extras.
1: One of the sets that they do on this was Rosemary's Baby. 1968. Yeah, they'll be on Rosemary's Baby's on the set of it.
2: This is my favorite part of the
1: your favorite what movie? Satan movie?
2: No, I, I I could care less about Rosary's baby. This scene where he just walks through the set.
3: Oh, 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 oh.
2: And then, uh so we have another movie set. And this is kind of funny. It's like a premise of a boxer, you know, in oh, his fun. hometown. He's playing violin right now, right?
1: Um, Let me put it up. Sonny Liston will be the boxer we see in this.
2: Yeah, he gets to, uh, Mickey gets to pick the boxer for the boxing scene, and he picks up right. this
1: who's just standing there. The right. Yeah, he, he, he passes by all these people he can beat, and he goes, oh, this guy! <laughs> this guy, right, who
2: absolutely said he listed? See, artifice and reality It's kind of splits. They live in a world. I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of the premise that they can't escape this. They're trapped in a box in water. By Victor Mature. Oh, this guy, man, he's in everything. Yep. Look at
1: <laughs> Davy's little outfit, man. <laughs> Hello, Davy Jones. So they showed up in the in the
2: Brady Bunch movie. You remember yes. this singing?
1: Yes. And and uh, I didn't remember that it was the movie and not the show. Uh, Davy Jones appears and he sings and. Yeah. Well, he's, he's, he shows up in a TV
2: show. You're absolutely right. He's oh, okay, a, okay. He, they win a date with Davy Jones, and he shows up to the household. But so in the, the Brady Much movie from the 90s, you know, they kind of call, name check it. They're doing a, a talent competition, and the Brady's singing this awful 70s tune. Yeah. And the, the judges, who happen to be the members of the Monkees, love it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell you a little story about this. I already told you how uh, Bob Raffleson got Put up to do this thing, right? right? So he went with Jack Nicholson and the monkeys to, it's Ojai, California, I don't know, O-J-A-I, yeah. Ojai, California Resort, where they smoked a lot of pot and just talked into a tape recorder. Then Jack Nicholson took those tapes and used them as the basis for the screenplay. And then, according to Raffleson, Raffleson says this, when he structured the film, uh, he was doing Acid,
2: <laughs> They're like, oh, the monkeys. Monkeys are terrible. They're here.
1: I, I just submitted the. They like got together and hung out, smoked pot, spoken to a. But then the lion's share of the work was uh, Jack Nicholson. So the monkeys are not credited. Okay, when the band learned that they would not be allowed to direct themselves or receive screenwriting credits, Dolans, Jones, and Nesbitt made a one-day walkout. And they didn't, they they did not appear for the set for the whole day. Only Tork Wait, so which one's did. the scab then? Peter Tork. Yeah. But, okay, they won because they got more money. They got a large percentage of, of share of the film for the group. But it wrecked up their relationship with uh, Raffleson, who had been their producer. He right. is another reason why they died. He would not produce anything anymore. He walked away from them.
2: Now they. Uh, this, by the way, is a great scene. They're all assholes. He's. he Peter kind of sees through the bullshit, right?
1: He's looking at his real ice cream cone melting. They are. They, but the. But the. But the waitress is the real asshole. No, they're they're they're
2: the ones picking on the waitress.
1: Now we should see Jack Nicholson and Dennis Hopper in this film.
2: Oh right. I forgot when he shows up.
1: This is funny. Listen to Davey.
2: Go because they're doing like Woody, he's, he's trying to flirt with her, and then he just gets into a nasty fight. Yeah. Okay. she. Uh, this is... You and me. to each
3: other
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> there, he's getting beat up by the waitress. That's Sonny Liston. And look how fake the boxing is. It's hilarious. Look, watch how he doesn't hit him. He goes, touch, touch, touch. (laughs) You know, and Davy Jones gets knocked out. Are you there, Mike? Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, I have been left alone. That's fine. That's fine. I'm all you need. That's not true. We need Spiegelman. So this is Sonny Liston beating up Davy Jones, and it's funny because it's fake there you are yeah I I talking know. about how like Sonny liston's really just tapping him on the chin you know but to him he's all hurt stay That's... down says mickey stay down
2: so this is the one where like mickey gets on this on the in the ring and admits that he's an asshole and it's all his fault <laughs> this is great and again, like, you know, these scenes are what makes a movie. It's like, we want to see the monkeys' TV show where they dress up in silly costume. There's Annette Funicello. There's, there's
1: our there. cameo for Annette Funicello, yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, here we go, the flashback.
1: Oh, there's this Annette is, right there. Right, this is him. But it's the movie side of it, not the filming of the movie side of it. Right. Now he's in an Annette Funicello film. Of course, she was always the supporting actress,
2: but Well, no, I mean, uh, Frankie, we did a Frankie Avalon movie without Annette Finchiello, and it was, it
1: was black. Yeah, I think she showed up
2: the... a, a cameo. It was a ski movie.
1: Right, she was the professor. Uh, are you talking about Ski Party? Yeah, Ski Party. Right. So, what we're seeing right now, if you were a person who was alive in the 60s, you would think this is so funny because they're doing a parody of, like, Annette Funicella movies. It's the formula, you know, they playing the music as he's struggling.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, see?
1: Artifice. Jack Nicholson loved this film, and he had an unwavering enthusiasm. He did this campaign in which he put stickers all over. He saw it like 158 million times. I loved it, man. That's what he says.
2: Let's let's get back quickly to, uh, yeah, I like this guy. He's great. It's fucking Sunday. Listen. Yeah. Uh, I, I should, again, like, Jack Nicholson, like, he, in the 60s, he seemed like put a lot more effort than he did for the for the following decades. Like, he was not just yeah. an actor. He was a writer and he was a director. And-,
1: and he was, he would want to make a film. He would get try to get a film made, you know, and he was all over Hollywood. Now, look, it, later in his life, to be fair to him, and I don't know if we want to be fair to him, but he had become a star, and it was no longer his movies. He was being cast in things. And he right. seemed to be cast in the exact right movie, like The Shining or something. He was getting huge monster parts. You ever notice there's some actors actors like that, like John Travolta was only ever in big films except for that one in the 80s? You know, it's sort of like yeah, he didn't need to hustle anymore, and he was older, so he didn't.
2: But there's like people like Tommy Lee Jones were, I need a Tommy Lee Jones. Give me Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. So he's not, he's just there because he's Tommy Lee Jones. But, you know, Nicholson directed uh, the sequel to Chinatown called The Two Jays. Yeah. I
3: think, yeah.
2: I think he directed another movie. But so he kept, you know, his creative forces going beyond acting. No,
1: and you're the- still talking about a time before he was... A mega, no, I don't know. Maybe you're right. No, no the two Jakes he was a mega star. Yeah, megastar. you're right. I guess he was returning to
2: look. Oh, going he... south. Going south was another movie Nicholson directed in the '70s. With, Remind
1: uh, me, uh,
2: it had a uh, John Belushi, and it was uh, I think Sally Long.
1: Oh so yeah. Yes. he got um, he was he was an outlaw who was going to get hung. And he got saved by this woman so that he, he could work in the silver mine. Right. I remember that film. Belushi was in it. Yeah. He was funny.
2: It was funny, right. He directed that. So he did do some creative stuff, but I always seemed like the sixties is where he was like a filmmaker, okay. you
1: know. You just saw the punch, right? Look for Nickel. Right. Look for Nicholson Nicholson, and- right there. No, that's Bob, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look for yeah. Nick that's Bob Ralfson right now. Uh in the blue Nicholson and Hopper are there.
2: There he is, there he is. There
1: he is. Ah, yeah, there he is. Look how young. And look for. Look, I for, guess the autograph. I mean, um, Dennis Hopper, who we saw in. The oh, in the mountain. Yeah. There is. There he is. Yeah, there he is. He really looks easy, Rider. I'm Captain. I'm Billy, and that's Captain America, man. Now this is where he punches the woman, and people reject him because of it. Well, they didn't
2: like him to begin with. Remember, they walked into the commissary and everyone left going, Oh, the monkeys are coming. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> now, I think this was unfair, you know, that he hit a woman and then everyone rejects him. Don't you agree, Mike? I mean, we should be allowed. Oh, uh, yeah. It's only fair. Yeah, it's only fair. Wait, what?
3: <laughs> now, look at this. Now
1: we're, we're going to edit that out. Snip out the what? Mike agreed with me. <clears throat> yeah, there they go. Goodbye. Reject. Bye.
2: The camera literally goes to the wall. Yeah, like
1: like Peter had like some soul in this thing. This is <laughs> a good movie, man. I I don't know why everyone, you know. Yes, I do know why. It was it was a million reasons why this didn't work. But if you just look at the work as just the movie, it's a great movie.
2: Well, alright, let's take this scene for example. It's us keep seeing a bunch of studio sets from different seasons, but like, you know, if you paid money and you're sitting in the theater, you'd be like...
1: They, yeah, you know? they, this is production value. I mean, it's a grand, open, wide space. It's clearly no set or a painting. There's no, there's no plot.
2: Like, if I pay money and I'm sitting
1: in the theater, at this point I'd go, oh, I got fucking ripped. You know, like... Well, it's so just it's supposed, supposed to be visually stunning, but you might have that feeling, Yes. The yeah. same thing happens. They're in the desert. They're in the Bahamas. They're um... Uh, most all of it is shine, Oh,
2: this is the Kermit the Frog song. Oh, why are there so many songs <laughs> about rainbows? Wait,
1: is this the dad song? Davy Jones does this lovely song about a very sad thing. But he's on the stage. It isn't that song.
2: This sounds like. Uh, Mickey's hanging.
1: Oh, wait, we are just in the winter. Right, exactly. They're <laughs> hopping all over the place here. And this isn't, like, plot-driven, this section. Actually, hey, Car- nothing you- is plot-driven, right? Yeah. Do you mind manning the phone for one second? The sound? you want it up? No, no, I, I-, I have to step out for a second. Oh, just do the show? Okay. Yeah. So, I will talk about some interesting things about this film, just for the hell of it, as we watch here. I talked about the day walkout. Okay, the strike ended after the first day when the mollify the monkeys. The studio agreed to larger percentage share of the film's net for the group. But, the incident damaged the monkeys' relationship with Ralphson and Bert Schneider, and they would effectively it would effectively end their professional career together. And they would play, like, other bands. I'm not reading this. They would... Oh, here it is. The They would play albums on the set by other groups like Electric Flag. And they would scream out, that's real rock and roll, like insulting the monkeys. So... The tension was not throughout the film. It was just right around the day of the walkout and the week that followed or two weeks that followed. Eventually, everything was cool. It took them two months to film this thing. Uh, let's see. Three months. It was February 15 to May 17 in 1968. So just according to the Internet stuff, they were friendly again, but they would never really work together again. Um See, it's a, it isn't yeah it is it's a sad closure to the monkeys career this uh the, the, the things around this film this film itself is fine and i like how they're stepping away from their sitcomy bubblegummy uh tv show and trying to be part of the counterculture which they really were in real life um so i think it was a bold effort and if it had been done right and promoted right, etc., I think it had a chance. The guy who did the music, now they're going against commercialism here, as you can see. Hi, Carl. Hi. You were seeing them go against commercialism. Um, the Beatles,
2: like, uh, Day Life,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the Beatles, uh, the film's incidental music was composed and conducted by Ken Thorne, who's done other films of ours, but who, who also did the incidental music in The Help by the Beatles. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this one has a lot of help aspects. Like, it, it really tries to be like Hard Day's Night, like the TV yeah. show. This is things are weird.
1: Lip, lip, warp, warp, lip. Now, this is a place called the Hyperion Sewage Treatment Plant in Playa del Rey, California. Playa del Rey. Playa. Playa del Rey. But homie
2: don't fly that. Playa the rock.
1: Playa the rock? Damn it! Look, Damn it. homie don't playa!
2: Listen, yeah. I know you're from New Jersey, but in California, we pronounce it Playa the Plot. <laughs> playa I love this playa look.
1: del Rey is how we say it here in Jersey.
2: I love playa that guy's rock. guilty look while he drinks that liquid.
1: Bonk. Bonk. See, the joke here is all these things happen and nobody's noticing. Like, but Davey's noticing that nobody's noticing, but nobody's listening to Davey. Like, Peter keeps saying, come on, Davey, and pulling him by the arm.
2: I also love their outfits. Like, we don't even blink, but of course the monkeys would have matching white Boom! Yeah,
1: for a tour on a day off in a factory. Yeah. (laughs) So now they've been locked into a vacuum cleaner I think that's just the scene. I'm not that's, sure.
2: This is not only a vacuum cleaner, it's it's going to be in the advertisement with Victor Mature.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> an
2: advertisement for him? No, well, he's in the ad. Uh, like they're in his hair.
1: Yeah, and they got to pick out lice or something like that? No, I don't, that's, I don't right. that's right. They're in his hair. This isn't the vacuum cleaner scene.
2: But I think, I think he uses like a flonase to, to
1: pull them out of his hair. I <laughs> flonase? I think that it's pretty good hair, you know, the, the people who made it. Yeah.
2: Well, they're like, we're so excited, the movie's called Head and we get to make the hair. We're gonna be in the, probably
1: in the poster. Oh, congratulations, they assigned you the hair. We got the nose. <laughs> We're not too happy about it, but
2: what's we'll, the a paycheck? Okay, there he is. Yeah,
1: see, now they're in the vacuum. I get it.
2: Hey, I worked at during the 60s. I worked on hair. Oh, really? What a great musical. Uh,
1: no, no, uh, no. I was, yeah, yeah, I was in the movie Shampoo. <laughs> oh, I love shampoo. Warren Beatty, Did yeah, no. Another hippies film. Listen, I got to go back in time and live in the 60s. You know, for about a year. No, Carl, don't fall for that. People in the
2: 80s were like, oh, I wish I was born 20 years younger. Yeah. No, Duran Duran was during the 80s. Love it. Well, I've been around for it. (laughs) Civil unrest, a nasty war, a draft. uh, (laughs) But,
1: but But the 50s got destroyed and demolished all the... Wearing a hat everywhere and a tie and everyone has uniforms and you call your boss Mr. So-and-so. All that shit died. Everything changed. Everyone's got blue jeans on. I mean, it destroyed the World War II, the 1950s nuclear family, the America's number one.
2: Sure, I I get it. An easy rider was a factor of it back in the late uh, 60s. But it's just... uh... There was plenty of shit in the '80s, you know. Or there, was, there was.
1: You're your own generation. Okay, Sorry. so I should be happy with uh, what I got, which is yeah. uh, Devo and the B-52s and uh, retro '50s looks and Cindy Lauper. And... Let's put it this way: back then
2: you had the '60s, but it was a very sanitized version because it was distra- it was detached from yeah. the, the civil unrest and right. the, the war that was going. So you can laugh and, and watch this hippie shit, but you don't know, you know.
1: But if you lived in the 60s, you would have seen like um, uh, the Martin Luther King, you know, unsettled civil rights movement. I mean, there would have been. Yeah. And the war is going on. I mean, it was.
2: Uh... Listen, you would probably wouldn't be alive to to experience a pandemic if you were born 20 years young.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I would have missed out. <laughs> ah, now here's the song that's like nice in sound but horrible in lyrics.
2: It's a very uh, like a dance hall, British dance hall song, right? Like but this is his moment to shine. This this song.
1: See how his um his tuxedo keeps changing color.
2: Which means to me he had to dance this number, like, several times.
1: Yeah. So they have a white background or a black background, a white suit or a black suit.
2: There wasn't any kind of, like, uh, warnings for, like, uh, if you're sensitive to, like, flashing imagery. Because they do, like, (laughs) quick cuts really fast between him and and us. There it
1: is. There's what you're talking about. Yeah. That's just, that's easier. easier.
2: Hmm. Oh, I got to tell you, uh, there's a seizure moment in a movie that I loved and I didn't realize. Uh Uh-huh. Yellow Submarine, during one of the numbers, they kind of, like, do this flashy black and white thing. Uh Uh-huh. Like, squiggles and stuff, and uh, my kid was like, I can't watch this. Now,
1: here's, yeah, because it's, here's uh, Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey. Yeah, now look, there's a rumor that it's Mickey Dolenz is who that's, oh, Mickey, you're so fine.
2: Uh, i doubt it
1: yeah i doubt it too but it's a rumor
2: that song is so crass and like calculated i mean it's a wonderful song but it's not a wonderful
1: song <laughs> you're but right yeah. the first time that was a bubble gum pop crafted
2: yep and now the days have gone and the song slows down All right.
1: Acapella. It
2: reminds me of like when you watch Jerry Lewis in the 60s and him and Samir singing like, a <laughs> yeah. really maudlin song that's just terrible and you never heard it before. And
1: never heard yeah, it. and you'll never hear it. was filler.
2: Yeah. But he's acting, Davey. This, this is you know, his moment in the movie.
1: This is his moment in the movie. I don't think he has a chance to uh, sing a number like this. No, this is his highlight. It is. Now Nicholson hung out with the monkeys for several weeks, even going on tour with them. Once this movie was made, Raffleson abandoned the monkeys, as as told by Peter Tork, and went off to bigger projects, starting with Easy Rider.
2: Right. Yeah, he became a real, like, legitimate film director.
1: He really did.
2: Huh? Ooh, monkeys are the craziest people.
1: Yeah, now yeah, yeah. apparently that was a commercial from like 1939 on the radio. This is Frank Zappa. Is yeah, it doesn't leave much time for your music.
4: You should spend more time on it because the youth of America depends on you to show the way. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Monkeys is the craziest <laughs> <laughs> So if you, you'd have to be pretty old to remember it, but if you yeah. lived then, you would have got that joke.
2: But can we just take a moment to say what a prick Zappa is? To say what? What a prick Zappa is.
1: Oh, is he? for, for putting that head trip on Davey? He kinda he he kinda gives
2: a backhanded compliment to Davy. He's like, Yeah, that's great, but it doesn't give you time for your music.
1: Yeah, right. You're fucking up. They're I back in the Davey's studio. Character played it well. Yeah.
2: I always thought like didn't there, wasn't there a cow in the TV show that talked?
1: I don't know. I've seen every episode. I don't remember.
2: I don't know if it was their landlord or like it was like an old relative that he showed up with a cow or a cowbell. I mean, I might be getting mixed up in the movie.
1: Okay. okay, here's Rolling Stone magazine, March of 2012. Okay, so we're talking pretty current. Making head was a mistake, was it? Nesmith responded by saying. By the time Head came out, the monkeys were a pariah, okay? So they were losing popularity. There's no confusion about this. We were on the cost line of approbation from acceptance to rejection. It was over. Okay, so first of all, he's saying, we were dead anyway. Head was the swan song. We wrote it with Jack and Bob. They liked it. It was authentic representation of a phenomenon we were part of that was winding down. Uh, Right. And that's after two years right that was really quick there were some people in power and not a few critics who thought there was another decision that could have been made you know instead of this movie but i believe the movie was an inevitability and there was no other movie to be made that would not have been ghastly under the circumstances i think this movie holds up but under the circumstances of the time nesbitt called the film the murder of the monkeys and an intentional move by snyder and ralphson who had their eyes on bigger goals, and the monkey project was holding them back. He, they wanted to do Easy Rider, That's what they wanted
2: to do. But first they wanted to pour salt on the uh, monkey's garden.
1: I guess.
2: This, this scene kind of trips me out, right?
1: That, well, this um, is where I'm going to see the cop in the mirror, and then...
2: Yeah. now they happen to be a mirror with a medicine cabinet inside.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, I forgot.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it does a weird thing. So like he walks slowly away. Oh, no, right. Now, this thing I'm going to mention. Uh, He's
3: Peter whispering Gump.
1: Strawberry Fields by the Beatles, by the way.
2: <laughs> so much going on. We had Zappa and the Beatles.
1: Yeah. O- open the mirror, you'll see a big eyeball.
2: No, oh, it's not there. Nobody gives money to a man with a sense of humor. <laughs> right. Which is such a stupid phrase. I guess they're trying to say, like, because they were clowns and no one took them seriously.
1: In 2001, Davy Jones said that the monkey should have never made the movie at the time. I don't know if he's right. I'm glad they did.
2: Well, it gives, like, fans like us uh, three episodes worth of material, right? I mean, it's a 90-minute movie. Nobody lends money to a man with a sense of humor. that yeah, real deep. Because uh, the piss outside my window.
3: <laughs>
2: the puddle of pee. I mean, this is basically three episodes of The monkeys without the fucking laugh
1: track. Well, it's not really the monk, the spirit of the monkey show at all. So we're getting better than three episodes. You know what I mean? We're getting a different take, and it's tricky and psychedelic.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I mean, when the show was wrapping up, Mickey Dolan started the last episode where the CBSI was brainwashing people. And they were definitely <laughs> going through a, a direction, you know, and it, yeah. that.
3: Yeah, that, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That episode's a, I feel it in this movie. Like that's the deep that was the inevitable next step. But yeah, I mean like the this the TV show had this horrible soundtrack uh, laugh track and then halfway during the middle of episodes they would just be chased by women. I wish that
1: I wish that they had done a tribute, like a five minute segment, which was a tribute to their T V show in which they like walked into some bubblegum set of their house right. and you know, we would hear the laugh track. And they would do some cliches from their show. But I guess they were de- they are doing a departure here. Check this out, Mike. A poor audience response at the August 68 screening in Los Angeles eventually forced the producers to edit the film from the original 110-minute length to the 82nd, 86th minute, minute head that premiered in New York City on November 6, 1968. So they're saying here... I mean, the producers, that means Ralphson took it from 110 minutes to 86 minutes. Right. It, so, was it really because of a bad response or were they kind of sabotaging?
2: I don't know if they were sabotaging it more than they were trying to uh, just take tiny. out a
5: lot of crap.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, I like this. So, so, I like how uh, Nesbitt turns around and says, Yeah. This what? Word... Yeah. You know it's funny. I, I was just watching Hudson Hawk, and Hudson Hawk tends to do things like the wolf comes around and they're not chained up anymore, and th- uh, that's fine. You know, and, and Hudson Hawk has that logic too, where if he falls through an awning, on the sidewalk, he lands on a couch. <laughs> you know, there's no. It's just the logic of the film.
1: Interesting film, Hudson Hawk. Yeah, I don't know oh, yeah, so good. But you remember how they would sing the songs? So they knew the timing.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Danny Aiello. Yeah. Would you rather carry moon beans up in a jar? Nothing. This sound. This cop gets a lot
1: of time. Yeah, and he's. I should have had him in my uh, credit in my research because he's a character actor. You've seen him in many, many things.
2: What? What? For me, an inter- interesting choice. This movie does is that we go inside his dream.
1: Yeah. Look at him. Uh, being in love with himself on the, in the mirror.
2: Yeah, well, all cops are dancers, I guess.
1: Well, at first he was, like, looking all tough, and then he started to dance, which is right. not exactly. No eye. No uh,
2: iodine bottle.
1: Okay, probably here will be um, Victor Mature. Yeah, there he is. And he's dressed in the same costume as that 58 movie he was in Mickey with Mickey's father.
2: Interesting. All right, Victor Mature. Yeah, there we go. The cop goes right into his head. What a weird moment. Now, this is the only time we see the
1: house, right? Their apartment? Is it the apartment from the TV show? No. No. Just in general. I'm not sure if it's the only time. But it's not the sitcom house? I, I, is it? You would have to tell me because I did see every Monkeys episode, but what year are we talking about?
2: Uh, because if,
1: if it is, they should do a laugh track, they really should. You know, have you, ever seen,
2: have you ever seen Help, the, the Beatles movie? Yeah, of course. So, the, you could tell where the monkeys ripped off their apartment.
1: Right, because they lived in that really colorful apartment that had the sunken-in floors where they would sleep. And
2: right, be these, these British tiki tech houses, and they all four of them walk into the the
1: houses, and it's just one big space. Right, separate doors. This can't be their TV. I can't. I better not. No, say no. This. this is the
2: haunted part. Plus, this is the cop's dream, so he it's a different interpretation.
1: Stop. Yeah, and if you lived back then, you would get that joke because telegraphs, they were dying, but you'd still get one, and they would do that stop instead of a period.
2: And then you would do a joke where you send a telegraph that says, ignore previous telegraph. I do that on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't get like
1: Oh, no, well, because people can't relate. They don't know what you're talking about.
2: I just say, ignore previous tweets.
1: Listen, why don't you do a few tweets with multiple sentences and you can say stop in between if anybody gets it.
2: I don't want it. Don't. Stop.
1: So Victor Mature read this script and did not understand it. None of it made sense to him, but it made him laugh. Now we're going to see him very big over like a Western town and it's supposed to be like a joke about RCA Victor instead of Victor Mature. Who you know, oh, they were this big company that distributed the Monkees records. Now
2: again, this is a great come down movie. I, uh, in my youth, I, when I was on acid, I would watch this movie. Just to come down <laughs> down. I did. seems like this,
3: just kind of very,
1: very honest <laughs> thing to say.
2: Oh my god, that was decades ago. You know that that chapter is long gone. So <laughs> yeah. happy to re- re- reread it. But, you know, it's funny, too, because at the time, you know, if you take acid, you're not supposed to watch TV or play video games. You're supposed to talk to people all night.
1: Right. Except you're for- supposed to use it to, even though those would be great experiences, they're also common experiences. And you're supposed to take advantage right. and use your brain.
2: But let me tell you, there's nothing better than watching head. After like eight hours of being on acid, just,
1: just uh, I'll take the word away. for that, you know. I would never touch the stuff. I tried acid one time, burnt a hole right through my tongue. That yeah. can't be healthy. And it ruined your car, right? Because you take right. the battery out. It ate through. Yeah.
2: Must some strong acid. What
1: yeah, they the- said I i was they said they that they gave me acid that was way too strong. It was actually acidic.
2: Was it brown? Did you eat the brown acid?
1: (laughs)
3: Yeah. not the brown
5: acid.
2: Oh, it's the TVA. It's a pandemic. Can you dig it? So this is an interesting scene because he gets bombarded by people worshiping him and like wanting him to party. Yeah. He doesn't want to party. He doesn't want to have a good time. That's right. He whispers something to him, which is, you know, his mom famously uh, invented liquid paper. Michael Neves' mom Mm -hmm. and he became you know very rich and in this movie the scene he gets bombarded by people and then someone whispers to him like what's it like being rich and he just freaks out on him
1: I missed uh, that I did not know about liquid paper
2: yeah it's interesting because there's some parts of their lives are are thrown up in this movie and I, I think that's the part where you know
1: very good everyone's having a good time in the place and he doesn't Unlike, want to be part of it. He didn't ask for yeah. it. Right, he didn't ask for it. Yeah. Uh, this film is part of the Criterion Collection. Is it really? Yeah, now it appears almost 600th. All right, Spy number, spine number number 544. As if they're books on a shelf. Shelter. So,
2: because again, like I do remember when this was released by Rhino in the 90s, so... It must have some good extra special
1: features. Yeah, that's probably gr- true. Uh, well, I mean, video sometimes didn't do special features like
2: DVD. No, but Criterion does Criterion DVD. Yeah, right. No, the video. I think there was a special at the end of it. There was like a.
1: a I'll look into that because if there's interesting DVD Criterion Collection ones, maybe we should. Uh, maybe I, I might. I'll look for it. You know, I'm not gonna. Look how counterculture this is now. I know. But it's They're not. Just hitting us over the head with
2: it. Well, what was this music like? It kind of cascades.
1: It's like this is what you think counterculture is. We'll do it. That might be Michael's song. Frank Zappa was also in the TV show. Yes.
2: Yeah, I get that. That's probably why I get that mixed up with the cow because I had seen.
3: Oh, that I see.
2: But I just connotated with the cow. Now they're taking old Hollywood images.
1: Now, for some, yeah, that, those were the rock cats. They, they're doing that throughout the film. Now, okay, on behind the music, the monkeys. It was in the year two thousand. Mickey Dolan's claimed that one of the reasons he had performed poorly at the box office because it was rated R. But, but I don't get that because remember it was rated G. Yeah. Original. I don't know, but that's what he said.
2: Whatever, I mean, wasn't Midnight Cowboy uh, an X rated movie around this
1: time? Midnight Cowboy was an X rated movie because of the drug use and they are, and because of the not prostitution, but Maybe it's sort of prostitute. right. So they lobbied hard to get it reduced to an R. And it I don't know the whole story, but it took years. Like the culture changed, right? And the, you know, they had given R ratings to other ones that were similar, so they had to renege.
2: So this, this is, yeah, so this is like laying it down He just doesn't want this shit Yeah He doesn't like people popping out of nowhere Send me
3: an
2: invitation I, I am even happier where I was oh, right, so then the hangman shows up right And he starts clapping at him, like good job yeah. Like Proud and, of you Okay so this is where the film kind of goes
3: 110
1: well, extras by the way In this scene
2: How many wearing bikinis? That's like seventy bikinis right there. (laughs) Well, there's a Yeah, what a great set. So yeah, at this point this movie becomes the chase, right? They it's just they're gonna set it up and they're just gonna get
1: chased by everyone. Well, I don't know. They con they conflict with this they have a conflict with this guy. I mean it's it's verbal let's see. I don't know if there's a chase.
2: I think the idea is that, like, they do all these vignettes, and then finally it, it the vignettes catch up with them. Like, That's they had the
1: TV. Like you said, in the TV show, they would make some action. They would take some action, and then people would be out to get them.
3: Yeah.
2: But, like, they had a scene with him, and then he shows up later saying, we're not done. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, uh, you, you think this little sketch is over, but I'm mm-hmm.
1: still here. Look at him backing up and cowering,
2: cowering. Right, while well, the psychedelic lights play behind him. they're shooting color blue
1: behind him. <laughs> now, Sean Lennon loves this film. Um, and he, he says, head is like my Bible. Any project or important thought I've ever had was inspired by head. Now, look, that was something he must have said at one for a That can't be true. You know what oh, I mean? He must have right. just been sprouting out crap. But he loves Uh, this film. The the man on the street.
2: Yeah, much better than anything uh, John Lennon has done.
1: Oh, oh, oh. you know, Last Train to Clarksville, that really sounds a lot like the song Help. I don't know if John Lennon heard Last Train to Clarksville before he wrote Help, but it's suspicious. So
2: the Beatles ripped off the monkeys, is what you're saying. And they ripped off the Beach Boys pet sound, right?
1: uh i don't know about the beach boys i just know that the monkeys came out and the, then the next thing you know the beatles were like oh we the beach version and uh, it was such a clear rip-off but i don't know history doesn't agree with me
2: i wonder has there been like a recent thing like the monkeys where uh there's like a big pop thing and then there's a rip-off that becomes just as popular
1: well, they did, um, I'm a believer on Shrek, that's not exactly what you're talking about.
2: Uh, no, I mean like if there was Menudo and it was popular and then there was a rip-off of Menudo.
1: Oh, right, show. right. I don't think the monkeys, wasn't the new monkeys an attempt to do that?
2: Yeah, so it was, and again, like I'll tell you my experience. So, you yeah. know, MTV during, was big and they would say, you know, what was MTV beforehand? The monkeys. And the monkeys started showing up on MTV, they would
3: do the yeah.
2: And suddenly the monkeys came like was reintroduced and there was talk about doing the new monkeys. And part of the promotion was that if they had open auditions in New York and Los Angeles and being a sixteen year old New Jersey.
1: Yeah. You know, and you era. had a great look, Mike. You were thin and gawky. and you think you really yeah. would have been great on it.
2: So I, I went to New York. I, I took the bus over and I waited in line for the audition. And about four hours into it, I get there and there was like harmonicas and all this shit. And they said, do you have any musical this and that? I said, nope. I just love the monkeys and I wanted to be in line. <laughs> they said, great. There's the door. And I go, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> and then they said that they, they hired everyone in Los Angeles anyway. So,
1: uh, so nobody in New York
2: even. No it was just a publicity stunt that i was part of you know
1: look at this guru motherfucker
2: you know i have expected to see a toilet flush in this second delicate right. speaking with, with the mind yeah you know meat Be manifesto samples this movie a lot they sampled the speech
1: great band. Uh,
2: yeah great band that, that, yep, yep, that, yep, that, I believe that man on the street bit where they're like uh and i'll whip them they he sampled that yeah
1: it's, i think the joke here is he's in a steam room so you would wear a robe but air gr- robes and it's basically the bathroom scene look how he's up higher than his disciple peter
2: man i've ne- i've been in plenty of steam rooms i've never seen like uh oh, yeah, there's the joke. you know one thing about movies of steam rooms you can't talk in a steam room right your lungs are like
1: into your chest. You know, I've often thought about that, but sometimes when they're doing a movie scene in a steam room, there's really steam. I've often thought about that, though. It is difficult to... There's a sensation when you speak in a steam room.
2: Right. So if you're making out in a steam room, like, you know, if you're watching a Cinemax uh, movie where they're making, that's, you know, God bless you, but geez. And then when they talk like Blues Brothers, they have the whole band in the steam room.
1: Right. They're making deals. It's like, Look at how they're ignoring him. This was supposed chum- to be the three monkeys like uh hear no evil, see no evil Whoa! I what know an it's angle. What a tacky shot. What a tacky, terrific shot. Oh my god. Oh! More! More! It's terrific. It's um it's uh it's cowgirl position. <laughs> <laughs> Look at I bring the genie there.
2: Yeah, no, that's pretty sharp. And she's not jumping off the building, so we can move it. Wait, is she drinking
1: a V eight? If he, she jumped off the building, those parachute her pants would balloon like a parachute. <laughs> well, I don't know if a drinking a V eight, but bingo. He was. He was drinking from nineteen sixty eight.
2: Wow. Man, nothing like a cool V eight on a hot movie lot.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah. Tomato juice, great.
2: Great. Um, oh it's
1: Oh, did she jump and get caught? Get caught. It? We missed it.
2: Yeah, look at how she's acting. She's just kind of like dull,
1: like ah, youth. You could carry a woman like that? Are you kidding me? I could not do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> just dragging a sack of
2: potatoes around. Now, disappeared. Something showed up in front of them.
1: Now, remember, they were in the factory. This led them into, remember, they got closed in that earlier. They're back to
2: where they were. But So Davey was the one questioning it, but now Peter is.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you reminded me that the vacuum cleaner's not yet. It was the hair. Let's see where they go this time. You know, one of the things that I read on the Internet, but I can't find it, uh, it says, there this is one consider one to be the best monkey's best recorded works, including contributions by Carole King and Harry Nielsen. So I guess they were on the soundtrack.
2: I think the Porpoise song Carol King uh co-wrote it or something. Uh huh. Yeah, the soundtrack is terrific because they they wrote their own songs, they had some hired help help and there was no like anxious you know, all their songs are very anxious, you know. Yeah, last train of Clarksville, you gotta, you know, my Yeah. Aunt, my auntie Griselda. It's all kind of like I must
1: scary. go. I'm must. I won't see you again. Yeah, it's all stressy. Yeah, it's I, it's manic. You know she's having a fit. She <laughs> doesn't
5: like me a bit. Auntie Griselda. But,
2: but this this movie is like yeah. Let's walk around the four seasons. Let's chill out to the harem.
1: Yeah, but Dolphin is super laid back and.
2: Peter looks like he's saying something deep. And it is true, like when the meaty meat samples it, you're like, wow, this is pretty deep. I wonder where the sample came from. And you're like, the funny monkey's movie?
1: This film is good. Come on, world. For fear a monkey's movie would keep serious movie critics and movie moviegoers away the producers decided a promotional campaign that emphasized the film had nothing to do with the monkeys. Isn't that a
2: stupid choice? There's some movies that do that, you know, It's because you just
1: can leave the idea. Well, there was this one great promotional campaign. It was a Woody Allen movie about them doing a bank heist. Take the Money and and Run. Shot in San Francisco. Not Take the Money and Run. This was the one which was really about um, they got the Look, Tracy, Trace,
2: uh, Tracy, Tracy, I know what you're talking about. It wasn't Manhattan Murder Mystery. It was in. Uh,
1: who is that very funny lady who had an HBO show that brought birth to the scene? It, Simpson. Yeah, Tracy Ullman. Yeah, yeah. She was a, a safe cracker. She had had a cookie recipe. Well. The the prom, the promotion made you think the movie was a heist movie, but when you got into the movie, that heist stuff was done in Act One. It was really well done promotion.
2: And then you're just stuck with another 2000ish. uh That's right.
1: Yeah, he tricked you.
2: <laughs> I you know I never uh, I actually stopped watching his movies in the 90s, and uh, I feel like I should just catch up and watch it. But when I do, I realize like a lot of them are shitty.
1: Okay, now Woody they're... Allen movies? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Look, he's fighting his way out. I love it. This is like Man from U.N.C.L.E. Because Davy Jones makes the greatest facial. See, he go. He strains when he hits and he's not really hitting. No, but I mean, <laughs> we,
2: we just saw him dance. We just saw him in the ring. You know the guy is great.
1: Like, yeah. Look at this... his face. He grits his teeth
2: every He does it. He's doing high kicks. Look, he's leaping.
1: yeah this is pretty cool it's an action movie pow (laughs) that was great man this movie is great
2: but again so here's the part where they're going to be chasing we're just done we're done with the movie the rest is just them walking literally walking through the sets
1: look how cool that is yeah (laughs) now there was scripted a speaking part for that horse but Due what to happened? Well, it was conditional. The day of shooting and they only had the horse for one day. Unfortunately, they he was a little sick and, and he was horse.
2: He was a little horse.
1: Yeah. And he couldn't at the now, day remember the- this guy from before.
2: No, we should mention that that joke. He always has to be during the day of the shooting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't get away with that one. You can't say was a little horse for the month of September. He
2: has to be They pull out a cannon out of nowhere. Like they're done. They're done. They're in complete control of this universe.
1: Now, here's RCA Victor, apparently.
2: This is great. God bless him for doing this movie. Look how great, happy he is.
1: Like he's, just, he's dressed in the worst clothing. I missed him because, he, you know, the internet, just like you said, he's a big star. He is a big star. Victor. Well, it was before your time. It was a little Victor immature for you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, this is great. Like, they actually shot this. This is all practical. They, yep. they got a helicopter and they made a big box and they, yep. they went over the desert.
1: Now, the box, this box that you're seeing, and it's in several scenes, it's inspired by this lounge area that was built for the monkeys during the filming of their television show. I'm reading now. Between take, takes, they grew bored and wandered around the studio, often getting lost. So, Screen Gems Brass added a special room to, next to the sound stage. That was the box. They would spend time in there studying scripts, composing, playing music, smoking, which was forbidden on the set. Colored lights were added to page as a pager for whoever was needed on the set.
2: So, so these are all the characters here. in the movie.
1: Yeah. There's the again.
2: We should mention one quick thing about Screen Gems. Uh, uh, a friend of mine is a film director named Ron, Ronnie Asher, who just did a mm-hmm. um, Blitz in the Matrix, and he did a short called The. Logo from Hell, which is about the Screen Gems logo at the end of their shows, yeah. and how jarring and how uh, scarring it was for people. Like people really got upset by it and would haunt them.
3: Wow, oh,
2: that's creepy. Do you and it's on YouTube, so I would check it out for sure. The Logo from Hell, run the sure But you, okay. do you remember that Screen Gems right logo? The, the, yes, the, I do. The
1: yeah. logo from Hell. Yeah. It's,
2: it's really well worth it. He's a, he's a great filmmaker, and uh, this movie just shines. Take like that, Coke. You know, another yeah. movie that Coke got pissed off was Natural Born Killers, because he used their... Wow!
1: Their- I, I'll be right back to you. Did you see that hit? With yeah. the golf ball? So Natural Born Killers had Coke in it, and a, and a not flattering yeah. light. Yeah,
2: because it was it was interspersed with a murder he would cut oh. to like their crimes and then a co-commercial
1: look you see how they're going back to all this stuff yeah. that you know he falls on the cow with Frank Zappa and now they're back in the cantina but
2: this is also like you know this cartoon aesthetic where all you had to do is speed up the action and put it on this
1: laugh track and you've got a television show now Nick Nicholson wrote this stuff with them talking into a tape with their ideas but Hey, honey.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, there's Mickey just rapping inside the box. This, I mean, they weren't far off about television.
3: Oh, like here it
1: know. comes again. Comes oh, my favorite
2: scene. Off.
1: Faces of death.
2: See, they cut to a cartoon of uh, shooting. They're all equal. Yeah. They're all magnetic tape images. From the Negative Land uh, song, where they're like,
1: Ooh,
3: creepy. oh, that
2: really happened. Oh, no, it didn't. It's magnetic tape.
1: Wow, look at that bra. Oh, wow.
2: Oh, commercial. The, the, that's the head. That's the guy from the that's trailer.
1: The, yeah, that's the commercial.
2: So I do like TV. I like movies that piss on TV like this. You know, this. These are just images and
1: all images. Yeah. Too. Remember, I told you that in Los Angeles, they premiered this and they didn't have a good uh, outing and everything. They named the movie. It wasn't called Head. It was called Movie Untitled. And the real joke of that was movie was spelled M-O-V-E-E, just like their name, monkeys.
2: Oh, I see. Clever, right? Type. No, horrible. I would rather say a movie called
1: Head. Well, you won because they changed it to yeah. Head. It, they were going to name it Changes, which was a Monkeys album and a David Bowie album, but they were going to name it Changes also. They didn't. Ooh, another David Bowie reference. You know, <laughs>
2: Bowie's real name is David Jones.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. But David Bowie, he's dead to me.
2: He is dead to me.
1: <laughs> that's right. Davy Jones is his real name.
2: So he had to change it because of his monkeys guy. Same one with, Bo, with Bowie. He mispronounced Bowie. Bowie.
1: Right. Which George Harrison right? would say Bowie. Oh, really? People David, yeah. He Yeah. He says, I can't see you, David Bowie. Who are you really? You're always under makeup. You're in there.
2: He kicked the television set, which caused the monkeys to react because they are television images. Yeah. So this is beauty. I love this music. So we're getting to the beginning of the movie. Exactly. Yep. There we are. So now we know why they ran.
1: That's right. And we didn't see these other guys before. But, I mean, I'm sure this was like a pot-inspired dribble into the tape, and then Nicholson made it happen.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that. But this is like, they're ultimately, they're going to go in the water, and they're going to be captured in the box, and Victor Mature is going to drive them off, and they're off for more adventures. Like, the, the entertainment never ends.
1: Yes.
3: They
2: try to kill themselves in the beginning and the end of this movie, and it doesn't succeed. And it reminds me of Marvel properties. No matter how many characters die, they're always re-brought up, you know.
1: What about Iron Man? That guy is gone, dead, and gone. But I think you're still right. I mean, they're making sequels of people who died in Infinity War. Well, I mean, you
2: got you have your Black Widow. You have your uh, uh, your Loki. Loki died. I, I mean, why keep dragging this shit out? Yeah, you
1: know? yeah.
2: And even, like, Cruella, it's like, the character's been defined. Why? You know, so I can relate to the monkey,
1: Commercial property. Like,
2: they're trapped. These characters are trapped. They're never going to be able to die. They're never gonna. They're always going to be brought out for your entertainment. And then the porpoise song plays again.
1: They're all jumping. Dick, talk.
2: I spoke to a porpoise. He told me
1: what's
2: up. <laughs> a porpoise told me that an otter pop is a filthy sexual term. <laughs>
1: That was a poor, poor piss joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Again, I sound like Kippa Kip doing all these fish puns just for the hell of it. Wow. So they, they, how did they do this? Was it dummies they threw in the water or they actually had yes. people jump in?
1: No. Okay. So what they did is they had jumping. See right there? It's just all a blue background, Right. right. So you don't really know how high the trampoline is going or the jumping is going or that the camera's upside down and they intercut that with dummies but only the dummies would hit the water there were stunt people jumping Well wow. you couldn't tell and then the beetles jump uh sorry the monkeys jumped against the blue background and they i did that in the uh grasshopper one on fish burgers he falls right. off the roof and then I have the shot of him zooming down past the camera, but it's all blue. You can't see how high. And then he jumped off the shed and hit the ground. Remember? But when yeah. you cut them all together, he fell two stories. Right. Oh
2: yeah, the miracle of uh, editing. Yeah. Any, any public domain television show, from, any
1: public access television. From the night. So now it's not just Mickey in the water like in the beginning. It's all of them. Yeah. And this is the Bahamas. And
2: they are trapped. They hit they hit a wall. And then off we go. Now this song, by the way, I fucking love.
1: Look, they're in their box. You get the joke? Ed.
2: See now here comes. That's where they were trapped
1: when they were doing their TV show.
2: Now I have to tell you something embarrassing. Like when I started doing comedy in the 90s, I sang this song this song on stage. Like I have a tape on these going, hey, I, I had this song stuck in my head. I have no idea. Timothy Carey, Vita Scotty, what a cast. Yep. DC Jones. I mean, these are names I should recognize.
1: Yep. And, I mean, uh, Timothy Carey, Percy Helton, Ray Nietzsche. Yeah.
2: There's Terry Garwood. Her name is spelled with a Y.
1: Carol Doda.
2: We know you, Carol, Carol So purpose song was covered by Carol King, and not it had anything to do with Burt background. Right?
1: Perfect.
2: Yeah, this is classy. So even this movie, the, the studio door closes and the film warps and, and goes up its own ass, I guess.
3: That's right.
1: have got uh, yeah. credits written backwards. The name's written backwards.
2: Right. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Still coming, Still coming down, man.
1: This is a great film.
2: Ooh, the music plays. There's a laughter at the end, too. Rayburn.
1: Thank you, Columbia. Look what a great logo. What's hey, happening to it, Mike? What's that? What's happening to the logo?
2: Oh no, but there's like a laughter.
1: I want to hear the woman.
3: <laughs> great ending. Giggly.
2: It really is a great ending.
3: Yeah.
2: What's these guys doing
1: here? Oh. Uh, it's Rhino videotape. So funny. So We're yeah, essentially over. Carl, what'd you think of the movie? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I think that it stands the test of time. Yes. It's appropriate for its time. I hate all the things that, you know, it, it was a you know it was a real life failure story but what's most important that i learned from our show today is that i need to do the Aqu- aquaman kelp joke next <laughs> hey buddy
2: listen if you can make that joke work shine then, uh, kelp.
5: kelp. what
1: an asshole man a, he's like where's the kelp he said kelp me he oh, saved me and everything but he wasn't gonna I'm telling
2: you, that joke's not going to work because it's not grounded in real life. You have to make several assumptions. If it's a Twitter joke, you read it and you throw it (laughs) away. But if you say it on stage, you're like, so does Aquaman
1: exist? Well, Uh, it's an open mic. So, you know, you see what works. I'll send you the horrible failure that it will be as a joke. I also uh, learned to YouTube the logo from hell by Rodney Asher and IMDBM. So oh, yeah, if you have Hulu, check
2: out his movie a "Glitch in the Matrix." Uh, it's excellent. He did a movie called uh, "Room 227 about uh, people having uh, theories about the movie "The Shining," and it's it's really good. It's a, I, I mean, it's a little bit of bullshit trip, I think, but I I love it.
1: You know, Hulu has that, a "Glitch in the Matrix." I'm writing that too.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's a great movie. That's on Hulu. I highly recommend it.
1: So, um, Mike, what did you think of Head?
2: I absolutely loved it. Well, here I have three points as well. I loved it. I loved it, and I loved it. It's you know I love pop culture movies, movies about pop culture, and you can't get any more pop culture movie.
1: About you covered it. all bases.
2: Yeah, it's eating its own tail. It's it's chasing. It goes up its own ass. It's everything I love about a pop culture movie. And one of the things I do like about movies that we we find are the movies that are television shows becoming movies like twin peaks say and rock bands having their own movies yeah Uh, like uh bobby Sherman. i don't know like uh like the kiss
1: and the phantom kiss meets the phantom which we didn't do yet
2: you had a a lovely daughter who was that it was uh paul revere uh, i'm being tripped up on that movie but
1: yeah we we watched give you regards to broad street and And the the first uh, elvis one which was really the only one he should have ever made
2: yeah, so it's like when a pop star does a movie, it, it becomes a pop culture thing. And TV show becomes a movie, it's a pop culture thing. So the fact that this band with a TV show made a movie about the death of their career, uh, their career it's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely recommend it. The songs are great. I had the CD soundtrack from Rhino. It was terrific. Uh, and it had that little diddy at the end, too, that little fake classical number. Cool. So, yeah, a great movie, and this is the second time we're doing it. We do apologize for talking over the sound effects and the songs, but, you know, we do recommend you watch this movie several times. So Yeah,
3: good.
1: watch it without us. Uh, uh, I I don't know. if you, I think you should see it before you listen to our show, but it's really good. It's really good. And acid is optional, of course. because just right. you Come down from it. Don't watch it during. You'll freak out. Come down from it okay. and then see it.
2: It takes eight hours to come down, and you lose a day. You might as well just sit and watch this
1: movie. Right, especially on video. Watch it on video.
2: Yeah, I guess the Criterion Collection. I'm going to have to keep my eye out at Amoeba.
1: Yeah, usually we're watching the Criterion Collection. This was a change of pace for us.
2: Well oh, you, you'll you see. Like, you see online, someone will take a bad movie and mock up a Criterion Collection uh, cover. But this one's for real. Well, great. Uh well that's the end of our show. Carl, thank you so much for researching. Uh and of thank course you have watch this delightful movie several times. Um we will be back next Sunday, two PM here on Radio Uh make sure you subscribe to our podcast at L Bingo A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, I got it. Uh on our YouTube channel and we're on Facebook. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. Uh we got a lot of great shows. Uh uh, so just keep listening. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not going to tell you next week's movie. That's
1: a surprise, right? Because we don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're 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 uh, uh, yeah,
2: we're getting the flow of our shows down.
1: Well, uh next week, no, next week we'll be watching Milan, the Disney classic. <laughs> next week we'll be watching uh, Terms of Endearment.
2: Oh yeah, right. Might as well say it. Oh, you know, we should
1: watch this. I wonder if the Evening Star is on it. In terms of Deemun had a sequel. Yeah, the Evening Star, and Jack Nicholson was in it. No, no, I'm wrong. No, he was. He was. Briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like a flashback or something because he died. He was. Uh, he he was one of the people who was on the moon. <coughs> and she had a Van Gogh or a Renoir. Remember? We'll
2: find. We'll find an excellent Evening Star quality movie next week. Don't you fret. So until next week, I hope you guys uh, have a great week. And that uh, that isn't week, check out carlsucks.com for times. He will be at Scotty's
1: in Springfield, New Jersey this week. Yes, every bloody week. It's pretty weak. Rather weak.
2: I, uh, I'm going to be doing my first Los Angeles uh, show, an outside show in downtown uh, Los Angeles. By, the, by this point,
1: it's already occurred. So. Uh, yeah. Wow. Mike, you're a star man. You live in L.A. Don't say Los Angeles. You live in L.A. Oh no,
2: I say Los Angeles. I don't say L.A.
1: Are you in the Valley?
2: No, that's two different things. I'm not in the Valley.
1: Are I you do. by La Brea?
2: Uh, the street?
1: I guess I don't know. The Tar Pit. Uh, have you I, dro- yeah. have driven Mon-Holl- Mulholland Drive yet?
2: I've been racing down the hill with my buddy Dennis, the ghost of Dennis (laughs) Hoffman.
1: Did you cruise Ventura Highway yet?
2: (laughs) Did I drag race at the reservoirs? (laughs) Did did me and the rest of the Buckaroo Bonsai guys walk around the uh, reservoirs?
1: Mike, I'm coming to visit you now. You live in LA. I mean, I will drive through Pasadena. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. I will be in (laughs) downtown, the one, your tallest building. We have to get you like a fat burger and a
2: uh, a (laughs) Chucky burger and a spooky burger. And And I got to go to Muscle Beach. Which way to Muscle Beach?
1: And Santa Monica Pier.
2: Yeah, we got to shoot a movie at Santa Monica Pier. Definitely. I'm coming. I'll show you the Hottie and the Naughty House. uh,
1: Perfect. (laughs) We did that. I'm coming out there when it's winter here so I can steal a little summer.
2: Well, apparently winter is the best time of year to be here, so Perfect. definitely not now. So. Well, all right. Now that we know my personal life, we should wrap it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on, on, You should call it um, uh, Rodeo Drive. Just say it to people. Yeah, I was on Rodeo Drive. You got to do that.
2: Oh, and then when I say Beverly Hills, like I have to do it like that. Song. I had to say down. Oh, yeah, and- down in Beverly Hills.
1: Tell, yeah right tell everybody you're from frisco and you were on uh rodeo drive and i was at rodeo drive uh, like houston street in new york houston street i well, think was- the show ended long ago and now we're having a real podcast
2: right now we can start the show all right that's it we're done we'll see you next Thank week you. bye
1: Friend, I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets, the yeah, champagne tickles my nose. Uh, I love to pee outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl, the French duh, not the uh, Ooh, uh, duh.
5: Let's watch a full-length movie
3: on YouTube with more.
6: It is Wednesday. It's high noon. High noon. You are listening to the AltaCast here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and I am joined today by Jason of The Purge.
4: Well, hello there, Pam. How you been? I've
6: been doing great. How have you been this week?
4: I've just been peachy.
6: Awesome. Peachy. Fuzzy on the outside with a hard interior that's
4: Some, yeah. Yeah.
6: (laughs) Fuzzy on the outside. Insert joke here. (laughs) Insert punchline. Uh, So this is the Alta cast here on MutinyRadio.fm, brought to you by Alta California Botanicals, the best medical marijuana tink in the biz. If you have not tried it, you must go to tryalta.com and uh, check it out. Uh, Or go to your local dispensary and ask for it by name, Alta California Botanicals. Medical marijuana solves everything.
4: Except baldness.
6: Except bald. You know what though? Al, the inventor, creator, genius behind Alta California, actually believes that it also cures baldness.
4: (laughs) Oh, then sign me up. (laughs) I need um, a cell number immediately, stat.
6: Because he's bald, and and, uh, he started using it on his head. But the other thing is that he was using the uh, THCA, the acids of the plant, on his head, and he used to have, like, pre-cancerous, like, lesion kind of, not lesions, that's the wrong word, but, like, um, age spots and the whatnot, and they all went
4: away. Now, that is really cool. Yeah. So, there is possibly some really decent health benefits, uh, aside from what you've already mentioned.
6: Yeah, taking cannabis is going to solve everything. So, uh, that's what the show is usually about, but today we are training Jason. Uh, You're going to listen to his show, The Purge, every Thursday morning from 8 to 10, coming up soon here on the station. We have some music. We're going to talk. We're going to figure all this stuff out. So, uh... I'm excited to find out a little bit more about Jason and find out some of the the music that he is into. And we are going to start that up right now. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Tool. Uh, Tool,
4: What
6: do you think about Maynard?
4: Maynard, he's uh, definitely an outspoken young man. Well, he's not so much young anymore, but (laughs) he's a guy who's very comfortable with who he is. And from what I understand, if you like him, great. If you don't like him, great. Uh, I can appreciate that kind of single-mindedness, being uh, comfortable in your own skin. And uh, I would put him up there with the Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, a performer.
6: Have you ever tried his wine?
4: Uh, No, I have not. I had actually looked online and saw the different types of vintages. He takes his wine seriously. It
6: is expensive as fuck, but one of my... Uh, favorite people, Snack Master uh, down in San Diego is a huge Tool fan and he actually came up to San Francisco just to go to a wine tasting of Maynard's wine and he spent like, I mean it's expensive Expensive wine.
4: Oh, well, maybe he could loan me some cash to go try some of that wine.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's grown in Arizona in this weird, rocky place, and uh, there's a great documentary on it, so I had a lot more respect for Maynard after I watched the documentary on him making wine. It's called, like, Blood Into Wine or something like that. No shit. Yeah, it's really uh, good. Look yeah. it up on YouTube. Learn something new every whatever. day. Whatever, yeah. Alright, so we're gonna start out today uh, with a song uh, Vicarious by Tool. You want to give us a little background on why this is the song you chose?
4: Uh, well, it, it's kind of it means a lot to me, uh, same reason why I like the idea behind The Purge. Uh, It's the fact that I think most of society likes to live vicariously through things they see on TV, stuff they hear on the radio, Uh, celebrities that are famous for no other reason than being famous.
6: Why (laughs) is Kim Kardashian's ass still trending on Yahoo News? Uh,
4: It's that big. It's probably covered at least half the internet in the known universe. For whatever reason, people just uh, are drawn to demagogues and and cults of personality. We're not necessarily talking about uh, despots and Tyrants, but yeah. people that are just attention whores. And then
6: but the thing that always wows me is that we give them our money. Like every time someone buys a people magazine, they're just throwing money at this, you know, infrastructure of to go take pictures of these people when they don't want pictures taken. And but that's a thing they have to do because they're famous, but they want it, and then there's a PR agent and anyways I
4: don't know (laughs) yeah oh yeah definitely because you know what cracks me up the most about these uh, celebrities that lose their minds in one way or another is that they they seek that fame they seek that fortune they seek to somehow make a make their little niche in entertainment but when they get too popular they get to a point where they think that they're being hounded I need my privacy now well that's not necessarily what you may have signed up for
6: that's when you sign up for rehab.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, That's when yeah. You get
6: all the privacy you need. <laughs> all right, so uh, live vicariously through uh, through through this song right now on the Alticast. It'll change your life. Mutiny All right, everybody. That was Tool Vicarious.
4: Oh yeah, now I'm ready to start talking. That always gets me fired up.
6: (laughs) Uh, There was some brain sperm coming out of the uh, end of that video. Uh, Crazy stuff, we're being infiltrated. Right now, by the Brain Sperm. Don't listen to them.
4: Don't. <laughs> They're like Jehovah's Witnesses Absolutely. sometimes.
6: Don't listen to Kanye. Go make your own music. How about that? Well, listen to listen to what you want. But there's this one song right now that is so poppy, and I don't want to listen to it, and I don't want to hear it, and it's constantly in my head, and it is so bad. It is, it is so bad.
4: How bad is it?
6: Uh, it, it is so bad that I can't even tell you what song it is because then it'll be in my head again for the whole day. Pop music is the devil.
4: You know what the sad part about it is, though? This particular song, I have an uncontrollable urge to dance to it every time because it has firmly lodged itself in the back of my psyche.
6: Oh, because we're moving to pop music next. Yeah. Yeah, Maroon 5 can get in your head. I actually, um, <sighs> I watched. A, I babysit for small children uh, who love pop music, and they show me things on the iPad and, and the stuff, and they showed me this one video that's a Maroon 5 song where the video is they're crashing all of these weddings, and then singing the same song to all the brides, and the brides get so excited. And I swear to you, I started crying.
4: Really? What was so tearful about that? It's
6: just the excitement on people's face when they're like, "Maroon 5 is at my wedding!" And they'd start crying and like kissing their new husband and freaking out, and the whole group is like insane and it's so weird. Speaking of weird, we have a phone call. Jason's gonna pick up the phone, he's gonna learn how to do this. You guys are listening to the AltaCast here on mutinyradio.fm every Wednesday from, no, 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 you gotta talk to her first. Talk to her first, say, hey, Mutiny Radio.
4: Mutiny Radio.
6: There, there, sweet Gail. Uh, And then, we say, Sweet Gail, how you doing? So, first, Jason's going to hang up the phone, and then we're going to bring up Sweet Gail. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that, I Sweet Gail. We hear you, you like you're really whispering. Well, we're, we're actually, it's just our technology that's whispering. We hear you. Yeah, I know you that guy your
5: technology, but what's going on?
6: Well, um, it's because it's a landline. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. I don't understand any of it, sweet Gail. The the Internet is a series of tubes, uh, and there's waves of sound flying through them. I don't even understand how phones work like I, I have I no idea what I'm doing I can hardly dial
5: phones, so don't ask me do you have a
6: landline or are you on an iPhone sweet Gail oh
5: no I- iPhone what am I a millionaire <laughs>
6: sweet Gail you know that they're giving away iPhones on the corner of the Obama phones you can, <laughs> you can get the only problem with that they asked me if I wanted one the other day and oh, I said no man you're no. more savvy than that well I don't I'm afraid of the chip I don't want Obama to know where I am like there's got to be a chip in those phones cuz they're giving them to poor people and I feel like there's like some small device so they can track it Oh yeah I'm a, I we didn't you cut out there for a second don't tell me you're what Don't tell me you're paranoid Oh my god Speakill I'm so paranoid you No know, you no know, what I
5: think is when people want to give you something free it's going to end up costing you more
4: Yeah That's thought every time somebody Offered something for free. I took three. (laughs)
6: Yeah,
5: it's free what they're giving you, but the cost down the line is going to cost you
6: more. Right. Hey, did you ever read the book by um, Stephen King called The Cell? Oh, yeah. Isn't that a great book? That was
4: an awesome book.
6: Everyone who was on their cell phone, like at this one moment in time, some weird thing happened, and they all became these crazy zombie face-eating people.
4: It was like a pre-World War Z, World War Z book.
6: Absolutely. Oh, yeah, World War Z. Um, Sweet Gail, what do you do all day? What's your? T- tell us a little bit about Sweet Gail's. What do I do all day? Your average Wednesday. Tell us your average Wednesday.
5: It's the same as yeah. I play on the phone and watch a lot of TV. What's your favorite TV? I like Dr. Phil.
4: Oh, yeah.
6: You
5: like you know, Dr. Phil? I found out something recently from Dr. Phil. This is very interesting. What is the number one thing people don't like and people fear? O- Obama. No, rejection.
6: Oh. Rejection.
5: That's the one thing all over the world is the same. All people are have that, they don't like rejection. Oh. That's the basis of, I guess, everything. They don't like rejection.
6: But so much of It doesn't of matter everything.
5: what society you're in.
6: No one likes to be, everyone wants to be accepted.
4: That's the root thing right that's there. That's
5: the one thing they don't want. They don't want to be rejected. Sweet girl, you're accepted. Exactly, and the one exactly thing right. they do want, they want to be accepted.
6: right. Well, I have an example of this. Um, there was a there was a comedy fight. <laughs> there was a physical fight between comedians, and that's what it was. Is that one comedian wanted to be accepted, and the other one rejected him in front of people, and then uh. a fist fight broke out. And that actually happened to me once too. I almost got in a fist fight with Dash Kiwakowski. And what
5: location was
6: that? Uh, it was at an undisclosed comedy house in Oakland. <laughs>
5: Oh, yeah, I want to let you know my battery is weak, so when we get disconnected, I don't hang up on you as weak.
6: Oh, okay. Well, thank you so Uh, much for saying that.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's the deal. I heard it on Dr. Phil.
6: Yeah, uh, so that's great. You're learning stuff off the TV. What's your second favorite show besides Dr. Phil?
5: Oh, I like those law and order stuff, you know, and I like just... Dun, dun.
4: (laughs) I need to introduce you, sweet Gal, to my buddy, Chris. Every time I... uh see him he is watching a rerun of some sort if not the new episodes of every law and order ever made dun dun exactly <laughs> what did he do
5: with him? did he record them all
4: no we got netflix he's one of my roommates and uh it's, it's become his natural habitat the tv room with law and order on
5: wow the original Law and Order. The
4: original Law and Order. He also watches the spin-offs, SVU. He, you know, when he can squeeze in a few extra hours, he'll throw in Criminal Intent just for kicks and giggles. Wow!
5: So he must
4: watch Ion Television. Uh, Ion Television, TNT, and any other channel that it happens to be on at that moment. Uh, and yeah. Uh, that's that's what he loves to do so uh i hope to get to meet you in person one of these days sweet gail and uh maybe make uh, a new a new law and order friend
5: uh, what only... about criminal minds
4: uh he does watch that from time to time i actually like the earlier ones when mandy patankin was in uh was the uh, w- the lead investigator but you know since they switched the uh lead investigator i don't watch it too much anymore uh,
6: but, sweet Gail, what do you like about law and order and these criminal shows is it